This is the Darkest Page Podcast. Six. Mia sat by the window, digging into a bag of crisps, knees tucked up under her chin, rocking on the old chair slightly, watching the curtains sway just a little from the raging storm that made its way through the ill-fitting window seals. Sarah and her dad were talking on the other side of the room by the locked door to the hallway. She didn't listen to their conversation, just to the crunching of her own food. She didn't want to hear any more about what was going on here tonight. She just wanted to go home. Sarah threw her hands up, and Mia realised that her method of distracting herself from this conversation had worked well. Sarah shot her a quick half-hearted smile as she marched into the ensuite and shut herself in. Her dad stood with his hands on his hips, trying to smile at her but struggling through the aftermath of whatever he had said to Sarah to make her storm off as she had. Mia just ate another crisp and looked back at the window. She wasn't sure how long she had been staring at the curtains again before she heard it. Mia! She stopped eating and strained her ears to listen again. Mia! It was a woman, whispering her name between the gusts of wind. She looked around her room, which now stood half-cast in a strange twilight, and empty of anyone except herself. She stood up. Dad? Silence. Sarah? Yet more silence. She ran towards the door, trying her best to open it, but it wouldn't move. Anyone? A gust blew across her back. She felt the presence in the room. She wasn't alone. She didn't move. She just stared at the door, willing it to open, which of course it did not. The woman's voice came clear now, no longer a whisper in the wind, but behind her. Mia. Mia tried to look out her peripheral vision, but the source of the sound, the woman, was too far behind. She had to turn her head, each moment thinking it would be better if she just didn't. She tried to calm her breathing as each breath came faster than the last. Stood in the centre of the room was the woman from the train station, from her dreams, clad in a white dress which flowed much like the curtains, her hair falling over her shoulders. Mia tried to speak, or scream, or make any sound, but nothing happened. She stood, shaking. Mia, you can't be here. You must leave. Mia shook her head before stuttering. You! Get out! The woman rushed towards her, a face of rage and anger that turned the room from the twilight to a deep red and then blackness. Mia woke up at the window. She looked over at her bed where her dad was sat. He looked at her. You okay? He swung his legs out back onto the floor as she nodded, straightening herself out on the chair. Just a bad dream. Where's Sarah? Jack looked at the ensuite door. Still in there, 
Dad, I need... Jack stood up. Ah, I'll tell her. He knocked on the door. Sarah sat on the edge of the bath, crying into her hands, keeping as much of the sound muffled as she could. She leaned forward, trying to keep her balance, and let her hands drop to her side as she sobbed. A noise on the other side of the door drew her attention. She looked up, expecting it to burst open with God knows who or what on the other side, but nothing happened. She stood up. Someone would need to use the ensuite soon. She couldn't keep it to herself all night. She dried her face and stood by the door as someone knocked on the other side. Her instincts had clearly been right. She opened it, and from behind, instead of the mansion, with Mia and Jack sat in the dim orange light of the bedroom, she saw her own room back home. The tiny room with a double bed, chest of drawers, wardrobe, and little else crammed inside. She stepped into it. A hand gripped her shoulder. Sarah? She recognised the voice before she turned to face the man. Les, what are you doing here? Les, a man nearly the same age as her mother, stood next to her and drew her close. I couldn't wait to see you again. Sarah shook her head. Her memories flexed and moulded around her mind. She had been somewhere else a moment ago. Somewhere different. Sarah, don't send me away. Your mother doesn't understand what I need. Les, we shouldn't. We agreed. Les ran his hands down her arms. I know, but I can't stop thinking about you. They turned to face each other. He was handsome for his age, which was probably why her mother was so attracted to him. She held his arms. Les, you need to leave. If she finds you, she's passed out downstairs. That just leaves us up here. He leaned forward to kiss her and Sarah did not resist. She urged it on. She wanted him as much as he wanted her. He was so powerful, confident, and all she could do was have him not for his needs, as he had thought, but for her own. Sarah grabbed him and held him hard next to her, and together they lost themselves into the darkness. Eventually, he pulled himself away from her and sat on the edge of the bed. If only that was the end of it, hmm? Sarah watched him. If only you two had left it like you agreed. We know what happens next, don't we? Sarah shook her head, not sure what to do as the room darkened around her. We know what you sacrificed, and so does your mother. She cried. She hates you for it, you know, but no more than yourself. Les moved closer to her. Something cold in his eyes chilled her blood. You filth. Worthless. The Les creature started laughing as the room grew darker and darker. Sarah collapsed back into the darkness of her room, crying for all that she had lost.
Jack knocked on the bathroom door again, expecting Sarah to answer, but heard nothing. He banged his shoulder against it. Mia stepped away. A draft blew her hair to the side. She turned and saw Sarah standing in the doorway to the landing. Sarah? I found a way out. This way. Sarah ran off, gesturing for Mia to follow. She didn't want to. She heard her dad banging on the door. She wanted to turn to him and tell him that Sarah was out here now, somehow. But the fog began to fill Mia's mind. She wanted to follow Sarah. Jack threw his weight into the door. The splintering wood sheared across his face as he fell to the bathroom floor. Jack? Shelley stood over him. He looked up at her green eyes, glaring at him unblinking, leaning over, watching him with her arms behind her back. He examined her, his mind stalling over the incongruity of Shelley being here, and not Sarah. Shelley? Ah, so you do remember my name. Well, that is a good start. Jack rolled over onto his back and sat up. What the hell are you doing here? I am always with you. You should know that. Where's Sarah? Shelley shook her head. Who? She was in here. Shelley looked around and opened her arms, displaying the scars along them, blood oozing out as she gestured. There is only us. Only ever us. Jack jumped up. My god, Shelley, what happened? He tried to grab her arms, but she pulled herself away. You care now, after all these messages I left you, after all the texts. Jack gripped his forehead. You can't be here. This makes no sense. How did you get here? You don't listen, do you? I suppose you never did, really. I don't know why I'm surprised. She circled Jack as he squinted around the room, his head balanced heavily on his neck and his shoulders tensed. He could almost see his own breath as the room became colder with each word Shelley spoke. You left me, Jack. Not a word. Not a warning. Not even a message. What do you think happened to me, Jack? Did you ever think about it? Or maybe... She leaned near his ear and felt her freezing breath on his neck. Yet he could not move. Just maybe you were too busy trying to fix that train wreck of a marriage that drove you to my bed anyway. Me and Amanda, there is no you and Amanda, and that whelp of yours, like you even care. I care. You care about yourself and nothing else. Just like. Jack shook his head, holding back tears. Just like your father. Jack, did you even notice you have turned into him? A carbon copy? Jack still shook his head as his whole body shook in the cold that felt like winter. Shelley marched around him and faced him, her arms coated and dripping in fresh blood. I'm nothing like him. Mia, Shelley leaned forward again. Why don't we ask him? She stepped to the side. Behind her, his father sat on the chair in which he died, staring at him from his lifeless eyes. A mist of breath drew from him now, drifting on invisible drafts from nowhere. His feet were frozen and there was no hope of moving. He stared at his father, as his features changed. He watched as the hair grew thicker and darker, his nose shrunk a little and his chin withdrew into his face. 
His father had turned into Jack. No, it wasn't possible. He shook his head as Shelley stepped between them. The spitting image. She grew pale as she spoke. It was nothing to do with him. He had made mistakes, but so what? He was human and that is what people do. He forced all his will to his arms and jumped towards her, gripping her shoulders. Who are you? But she was gone. The warmth of the bathroom flooded him, and at his feet lay Sarah, apparently asleep. He looked around before kneeling down to shake her awake. Sarah? He panted, trying to catch his breath, rubbing his face. His hands still shook, but not from the cold that he had been immersed in, but the fear that was now spreading through him. Sarah's eyes flickered before they opened fully. Sarah, are you awake? She looked confused. He understood that. If she had had some experience like his, then he would be. Sarah, it's okay, it's me. Jack. She was moments away from panic. He could see that. Sarah, just take your time. He looked around again for anything that might explain what was happening. But there was no explanation here. Sarah calmed, but the terror on her face still made its mark. She gripped her stomach with both hands. Jack, I didn't mean to. I didn't want to. It's okay, whatever it was. It wasn't real. Everything was real. It was all real. Jack turned to the broken doorway. Mia, give me a hand. Nothing. Mia? Sarah sat up and looked through the dark door. Jack stood and looked into the bedroom to find it empty, with the door to the hallway wide open. Nancy listened to the howling wind outside of her room as she watched the rain batter the panes. She sucked on her cigarette and blue smoke that coiled and undulated around the window before fading from view. She shook her head, rubbed her temples and sucked on her cigarette again. She couldn't help but think about her brother. To die at their own father's will reading would have made her laugh had it not been her family, here and now in this miserable place. She blew more smoke at the window. The rain seemed to ease for a moment and the wind died down. A flash of lightning without thunder made her jump, nearly dropping her cigarette. In the illumination and the moment of silence, a dog started to howl. The fucking dogs. She sucked the last of the cigarette and deposited it in the ashtray on the sill, where it smouldered, still sending its smoke up and along the window panes. She folded her arms and watched as the wind and the rain redoubled their efforts against her window. Something clicked behind her. She turned and saw nothing in the room. Turning back to the window, another flash of lightning illuminated the dog behind the window, with its dark eyes piercing her own. She jumped back as the flash faded, and there was nothing there. Someone in the hallway giggled. Nancy stopped as still as she could stay and strained her ears to listen into the silent night. But there was nothing now to hear. But then someone ran away from the other side, stifling another giggle. Nancy knew it must have been Isabel. She stormed towards the door and burst through. 
and at the far end of the landing she saw the flutter of a dress as it ran round a corner up to the stairs of the third floor. Nancy knew they were not to go up there, but she wasn't a child and it seemed that Isabel had already decided that she was allowed. Nancy turned the corner and looked up at the stairs. They were newer than the other in the house, but there were no signs of life. She tried to pierce the darkness at the top, but saw nothing. There was no one there. The stairs seemed steeper than the others in the house, and reaching for a handrail, it was clear there were none. She stood at the top now, in the last light from the landing of the second floor. She let her old eyes adjust to the darkness, and hunted the walls for any signs of a switch, but again none were found. More footsteps and a faint giggle from the darkness caught her attention. Isabel, this isn't funny. Nancy walked fearless into the darkness, following the giggles and footsteps now that her eyes had adjusted. Isabel. She followed the wall and drew her hand across it in the increasing darkness, hoping at any moment she would feel the familiar square box against it to illuminate her predicament, but there weren't even doors in the corridor. Soon it turned back into the house before it turned again. Now she was at the back of the house and still no door or light switch, but it didn't matter because now at the end of the corridor was a shaft of light blazing across the wall. She walked faster towards it. Isabel! She reached and bathed in the light, casting through an open door. She stared into it. At a kitchen. Three walls lined with wooden countertops and cupboards. Nancy couldn't look away from the two girls sat on the floor between her and the table. They faced each other and were giggling, one older than the other and she recognised them both. You can't tell anyone, it's our secret joke on Austin. Nancy shook her head as she listened to the image of her younger self speaking to her little sister, Isabel. But where is he? The Nancy child laughed. He's in a special place now, and Austin will never find him. Won't he be sad? The young Nancy looked at her, confused. Sad? No. It's a stupid dog, that's all. When I lost Chuckles, I was sad. The young Isabel almost started to cry. That was a teddy bear. Anyway, you didn't lose him. I put him in the special place. The child Isabel stood up. Where is he? I want him. Well, you can't. Nancy watched and mouthed along with herself. He's in the darkest well in the fiery pits of hell. The Isabel child vanished into a wisp of smoke. Nancy's younger self stopped laughing at her little rhyme and turned her pale eyes on her. Not the only thing lost in the well. She stood up and took carefully planted steps towards Nancy, who looked back in the darkness, not wanting to retreat from the kitchen, but fearful of going in. If only you'd stopped with Mr. Chuckles and Rover. Did they ever find him? Nancy shook her head. You're not real. Everything you did was real. They're all here with you. The dog barked down the corridor, whispers swept like waves over Nancy. None of them ever really left you. Was it worth destroying your sister? Nancy turned around and looked at the skulking shadows in the darkness moving, ambling along towards her and started to pant. When exactly did Austin get over Rover? Did he ever? He knew it was you, you know. 
He always knew. Nancy thought about running through the corridor back through the house. This couldn't be real. The shadows weren't real. The girl now stood next to her. It carried on though, didn't it? She looked up at Nancy, her face becoming darker, her eyes paler. Just how many are lost in the well now, Nancy? And for what? Where did it all go? What happened to all the money, Nancy? The first shadow lunged from the darkness into the light. A fetid corpse, Nancy barely recognised as human. It reached for her, gasping her name. She screamed, pushing it away back into the darkness. She turned towards the misplaced kitchen, running into it. The girl's laughter echoed after her as she ran. The corridor was too long, the darkness too tangible. She could not go back there. She struggled to breathe as she exhausted herself. No way back. She collapsed on the ground near the table. Nancy? She stood up. It was Alistair. Stood in the dim room lit only by candles along the walls. The kitchen was gone. Uncle? What are you doing up here? She panted and looked around. She sat on the floor in the doorway. Beyond was lit by a similar row of candles. I thought... I thought Isabel was up here. He watched her. No. Just us. Tell me. What happened? Nancy wanted to be away from this detestable man. It still swam in her mind that he knew about her. That he knew everything. Nothing happened. I just got disorientated, that's all. Alistair nodded. Did you see the girl? Nancy furrowed her brow. You mean Mia? <laughs> no. She shook her head, trying to decipher what he was talking about. The girl, Nancy. The darkness. I found the dog. Well, what was left of him in the cellar? That old well, with a teddy bear of all things. Alistair handed her a mangled teddy bear. She took it with her shaking hands before staring at his deep, dark eyes. She tried to look away, but her body refused to do anything. Very good. It is nearly done now, Nancy. And you won't have to worry about anything. Alistair brushed her hair with his hand. The deep, dark well is waiting for you. It has been for so long. Isabel lay in her bed, half aware of the storm outside. Struggling to keep her eyes open, she rolled over and faced the window. Her head throbbed, the first sign that she was starting to sober up and land herself into a crystal clear world that she longed to drown out. A hand rested on her shoulder. She jumped and tried to spin around to see the owner. It's okay, mother. It's me. Isabel stopped moving and made no effort to look at her daughter. What are you doing in here? Something didn't add up, even in Isabel's befuddled mind, but she could not put a finger on exactly what. 
I heard you. Screaming out for me. I didn't scream for anyone. Especially not you. The hand move away. Now, now, mother. We don't need to say anything like that to each other, do we? Isabel thought about turning around, but it was just too much effort. So she gave up. I want to sleep. Leave me alone. Yeah. There are lots of things I wanted too, mother. Get out. I wanted a family that loved me. A mother that was there for me. A place of my own. Sarah, I'm talking now. Isabel pushed all her effort through her body and twisted round. But Sarah was not there. She tried to sit up, but had nothing to pull herself up with. Oh, mother. Sarah's voice came from the darkness. You look like you could do with a drink. Isabel could do with a drink, but she said nothing and looked into the darkness with throbbing temples, seeing the outline of Sarah across the room against the far wall. She struggled to the edge of the bed, feet getting caught in the folds of the duvet. Sarah, mother, 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 have I told you how much I hate you today? Have you seen it on my face? Or heard it in my voice. The red raw hatred of having you dragging around behind me, embarrassing me, stopping everything around me that's good. Isabel rubbed her head. Shut your yap. You ain't any better than me. <laughs> and then you took the one thing in my life that I actually chose to love. Isabel straightened up and looked towards the window covered with the curtain. And just what was that? Les. That fucking time waster and you in love with him. Isabel laughed. You think I didn't know? The two of you. You deserved each other. No. We deserved better than you. Sarah stepped forwards as a crack of lightning flashed around the sides of the curtain. Isabel saw the walls move in the flash with what looked like arms coiling around each other. She yelped as the room descended back into darkness, rattled by the thunder that followed. We would have been happier without you. Everyone would be. And now your brother is gone. Austin? Yes. Poor old Austin. Do you want to speak to him? What? Floorboards creaked as Sarah moved across the room towards the bed. You can still feel him here, can't you? Isabel wasn't sure what to say. Ever since you all came here to see the old fool Sebastian and his obsession with this old place, you and Austin shared a moment. Do you remember? Isabel couldn't. Sarah sat next to her, her head floating around, her cold eyes on Isabel in the dark. You both went where you shouldn't upstairs to the top of the house. You were pretending to climb a mountain because the stairs were so rotten. Isabel shook her head. How could you tell this? We were children. You got to the top of the house. Do you remember? Isabel's mind worked over time. The hypnotic tones of Sarah's voice overwhelmed her. Images came back. The room at the top of the house. The two men. Her father and her uncle up there. Arguing. You remember, but do you remember their words? 
Isabel wasn't sure. Oh, of course you don't. You were only a child. But Austin knew. Sarah stood up in front of Isabel, who looked up at her daughter. You didn't understand why Austin told you that you had to stick together. But you never did. Neither of you. You didn't know that those men spoke of the curse on this place. And the meaning of it all. Meaning? Isabel saw Sarah's face glowing with its own light, contort. The scream came from within her own mind. A flash of lightning filled the black room again, shattering the darkness like so many black mirrors. Sarah was not Sarah. Her features molded and flexed under the waves of light. The walls moved and rippled with a will independent of anything. She lifted her hands and pressed them against Isabel's temples. Your mind is broken. I feel the pain in you. Isabel felt it too. The emotions, the memories came out of her in wailing sobs. But Sarah held her head hard in place. The pain seared through Isabel. Too much to scream out but, and too much to ignore. The dark room shook again in the rumble of thunder. The pain and screams were gone and everything faded to a deeper blackness as Isabel lost consciousness and was left speaking to the empty dreams of her memories of Austin and the two men in the top room of the house. You will bring them to me, Alistair had said. You will bring them and I will choose my host and my lineage. The rest can go. There is nothing you can do. This is your purpose and you know it. Sarah had never understood the words. Her memory had been nothing but a blur. But now she understood them, and now understood why Austin was so scared. Her body had abandoned her. There was nothing left now but her mind, and that soon faded too. Maria stood in the kitchen, listening to the sounds of the house in the darkness and the centre of the storm. She circled the kitchen table, the darkness following her around the room, her eyes never leaving the corners where the cellar door stood locked in the wall. She stopped at the closest end of the table, leaned against it, folded her arms and watched it expectantly. She heard the creaks overhead. She looked up at the ceiling, but there was no sign of anything that caused it. It seemed to move, and she followed it to the door to the dining room. She was sure that someone just ran down the stairs. Her suspicion confirmed only a moment later, when she heard the front door open, felt a distinct change in the air as the cold night flooded the poorly insulated mansion, and then the front door slammed shut. Maria launched herself from the table and marched towards the front doors. In the darkness of the hall, the front door rattled in its frame. Maria pushed it open to peek out. The wind shredded at her hair, pulling it out of the carefully placed style. Across the driveway she could see nothing in the darkness. A flash of lightning illuminated the ground for a fraction of a second, when she saw a shadow of a person running from the house towards the gateway.
the wind blew the door shut, pushing Maria back into the house. Miss Cole? Jack ran down the stairs towards her. She spun around, trying not to jump. Jack, have you seen Mia? Maria looked back at the door. Has she gone missing? Have you seen her? Someone ran outside just now. Jack stopped next to her. Outside? I thought the door was locked. Maria shook her head. It was. Jack pulled the door open and ran outside without hesitation. Maria followed him as far as the edge of the porch, but Jack carried on down the gravel driveway, illuminated for a moment with another flash of lightning. Jack! Maria watched him vanish, glancing back at the house again and again as if waiting for instructions or encouragement to go after him. But she did not leave the perimeter of the porch. The cold night stabbed at her. She had no choice but to retreat to the house hallway. She closed the door and rested against it, taking deep breaths. She knew that Alistair needed to know. She thought again about going back out there to follow Jack and bring them both back. Alistair was waiting alone in the room on the third floor. He looked out of the window across the grounds of the mansion. He held most of his weight on the walking stick in front of him. His door was already open when Maria knocked on it. He tilted his head and saw her in his peripheral vision. Miss Cole! Sir, Jack and Mia have gone out into the storm. He turned and faced her. What? They've gone. Who unlocked the door? Maria shook her head. He turned back towards the window. Everything else is in place. We need Jack. And we need Mia safe. Get them back. Whatever it takes. Me? Alistair turned around and faced her directly now. Who else? Get out there and get them back. I will search the house. Someone opened that door. Maria wanted to object. To call out the storm and the darks of the night and the dangers out there. The house seemed to moan as she thought about her options. Alistair just turned and faced the window again. Maria, we are running out of time. If we delay everything we'll be for nothing. I have not lived this long for it to end now. storm showed no sign of abating. Out in the open air, beyond the shelter of overgrown bushes of the mansion, the wind was stronger, more persistent, and drew with it the heavy rain that battered against Mia's eyes. She recalled her last trip out of the mansion. She followed Sarah through the storm towards the lighthouse. She knew that well enough and did not think about the dangers that lurked around her. Mia, keep up. You don't want to miss this. Mia barely made out the shape of a person ahead of her. She fought through the weather. Sarah! Mia couldn't even hear her own voice over the wind, yet she heard Sarah's clear enough. Ahead, through the mist and the rain, the light from the great stone pillar illuminated the path briefly, before passing again to the far distance. She ran towards it and Sarah, who seemed wholly unhindered by the winds. The base of the lighthouse must have been close. The light was near to overhead now. Mia struck the gate and felt along it for the opening. Mia, inside! 
Sarah's voice was distorted by the wind, but was inside Mia's mind all the same. Her clothes clung tight to her like a second skin. Her hair clung to her head and blew in her eyes as she worked the gate open without hindrance. Mia collapsed inside the base of the lighthouse, the door banging against the frame in the wind. She looked up expecting to see Sarah, but she was alone, and listened to the battling storm and the whirring of the light far above her head before finally the door slammed shut behind her. I'm sorry. I didn't think you would follow me unless you thought I was a friend. Mia spun around and looked at the woman from the train station. Her window and the state of her dreams stood in the doorway, dry as a bone and clad in her white dress. She knelt down in a smooth glide next to Mia who tried to scramble away. Do not fear me, my child. I brought you here to protect you. Mia tried to speak, but her throat dried up. The house, it isn't safe. Not with him there. Him was all Mia could manage as she backed up to the side of the concrete stairway. You got here finally. Mia looked up the stairwell over her head. The lighthouse keeper knelt down and smiled at her. William. Open the cellar. Mia flicked her eyes between the two of them. William? He stood up and stepped slowly down to the ground floor. I'm sorry, Mother, but I have different plans. Mother? The woman stood over Mia. William, we do what I say. Understood? We have a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity here to end all this, no matter what happens in that cursed house. No matter what he calls up from the bowels of the earth. No matter what sacrifices he has or which vessel he uses. We can end it all now. William's mother pressed against his shoulders. William, no. We cannot. We would be no better than he. William started to laugh. William and his mother. Mary. Mia watched them both as they looked at her. How did you know that? asked Mary. You're Abner's wife. And his son. William nodded. Smart girl. But you both died centuries ago. Mia tried to stifle a scream as she spoke, but they shook their heads. No, not quite. Mary knelt next to her. It would take too long to explain. We need to get you safe. No, we need. Mary stood up and pointed at Mia as she addressed her son. That is your descendant. You can't just... That is exactly why we must. Cursed like the rest of us she is. It is worse than death if Abner is left to attend her life. You know what he'll do. Twist it to his needs. Abner. Mia stood up, finally finding strength in her legs. There is much to explain, but later, said Mary. Sorry, mother. It's my show now. William raised his hands and in a flash of light, Mary began to fade from view. She examined her own hands and body as her substance faded away. She reached out for Mia, who instinctively reached back to her, but there was nothing to hold on to. Mary was gone. The woman from her station, her room, her dreams. The woman who had wanted to save her, her descendant for so long ago, was gone. William grabbed her arm and pulled her up the stairs. 
The door clattered open, letting in a bracing gust of wind and fine mist of rain. Jack closed it behind him, letting the water drip down his face and hands. Mia! Dad, help me! Let it go! Jack, you don't understand. Dad! Quiet! shouted William. Jack, there is no other way. You should just leave. Go back to the mansion. Let Abner have one last lifetime before it all ends. What are you talking about? Dad, Abner Hangton, he's alive. Jack shook his head. The man who built the house? William snorted. Yeah. You're so many greats, grandfather, as it happens through me. Jack felt his head lighten and his vision start to blur. He couldn't take it in. It was all impossible. He needed to save his daughter. That was all that mattered. William, tell me. What is happening? Maybe we can find another way. I have tried for centuries, but he doesn't even know I have tried. I failed so much he doesn't even know that I've lived because of him and his curse. Jack inched closer to William and Mia. Tell me what this curse is. William watched Jack. The curse of endless life. He sought it out and found it, but it requires a sacrifice. He didn't know what it was at first, so he used any old peasant, not wanting to risk himself. He used it and gave my mother a half-life. Then it was my turn. He did die in the fire, but only his body. Whatever ancient god he woke took his life and gave me it endlessly. His soul lived and latched onto my sister. He took her body and discovered he could do the ritual again, and again to take a new body. But he could not bear his own children. He followed my children, cursing them, dragging them to him. He thought I had died, but then I uncovered it all. He sacrifices the family to take a new vessel. That would be you, Jack, and keeps one to breed the next generations that he can invest. That would be her. I can't stop his ritual, but I can end the family, here and now. Jack stopped his slow advance towards William and his daughter. We can stop all of it, but you can't. Just let her go. Mia began to cry. The tears were warmer than the rain, at least. She wanted to go home and nowhere else. She pulled at William's arm, but his grip did not relent. The door clattered open again. Jack ignored who or what had forced it open and took his chances and dived towards William with a view to push him to the ground and release his daughter. William fell back onto the steps and his grip relented enough for Mia to throw herself away from him and rolled across the cold floor. She looked up at the doorway. Sarah watched the flurry of activity around, perplexed. Sarah! Jack started punching William as the two scuffled and fell from the stairs towards Sarah, clutching at each other's throats, throwing their fists into each other. Sarah darted for Mia, grabbing her in both arms and collapsed on their knees. Jack looked across to them as William tried to scramble away and up the stairs. Get Mia out of here! Sarah just nodded and dragged herself and Mia up to their feet and rushed towards the door, flapping in the wind. Jack followed William and grabbed at his retreating legs. He had not even thought about what he was going to do or what his intentions towards William truly were. William crashed onto the steps. He kicked back with his free foot, hitting Jack in the shoulder. They both heard the door slam shut below them, as William scrambled up the stairs on all fours as if some escape route would present itself. Jack shook off the pain in his hands and shoulder and ran up after him.
Sarah dragged Mia through the door and let it bang closed. The rain beat against both of them hard. Some drops struck Sarah's eyes as she struggled to see the open gate in front of them. Something hit Sarah hard across the back of the head. She fell forwards onto the wet earth. She tried to turn over but the strength ebbed from her arms. She heard Mia scream over the howling of the wind as something struck her again. She lost consciousness. Jack followed his quarry up to the top of the lighthouse, where he found little. The light rotated above his head, casting its light across and out to the roaring sea. William! Shadows danced and flexed around the circular room. He knew William was here, there was nowhere else for him to go except out and down, with nothing below his feet. Jack glanced at the fragile windows surrounding them. They were all closed, and he was not sure if they even opened. I know you're here. Please. We can work all this out. The lighthouse shook. Lightning fired across the sky from cloud to cloud, from over the sea towards the mansion. The wind howled around them, but sounded much different. Jack felt a pang across his stomach. His chest pounded as his heart started to beat faster. Another flash of thunderless lightning fired up the sky, chaining from cloud to cloud until stopping over the mansion. Jack resisted the overwhelming urge to collapse onto his knees. You are feeling it, yes. William spoke from the shadows. Jack struggled to catch his breath. He tried to look around the ever-moving darkness to find William. The lighthouse shook again. Jack heard the distant sound of crumbling concrete, and for a moment thought that it was all over, that something had struck the side of the lighthouse, and that any moment was their last as the walls would crash down around them. His only consolation was that Mia was out of the way with Sarah. But the lighthouse did not collapse. What? What? The ritual is starting. Abner has started. You don't have long left. Jack felt it in his body. Every twinge seemed to be from outside. The urge was too strong, and he fell to his knees, and then to all fours, trying to catch his breath. He'll take you then whisk your daughter away to safety to bear the next generation of the family. Nothing more than a breeding animal. That's the life you've laid out for her. At least there is life. Jack managed to pant as pain seared through his chest. He held on to his scream. William appeared from the shadows, under the circling light. At what cost? He dived at Jack. He saw the flash of something metal in his hand, but it was too fast to identify. Jack closed his eyes, expecting death, but nothing happened. William fell to the floor from a light that cast itself around Jack. It's too late for you. I'm sorry. A voice echoed from beneath. Jack! It was Sarah. Sarah, where's Mia? Jack tried to stand, but his legs refused to move. Someone hit me. She's gone. William looked at Jack. Jack, the stairs, they've collapsed. That was the cracking and crushing concrete that they had both heard. He and William were trapped. She will be taken to Abner. Sarah, you must get her back. Get her away from here, from the mansion. What about you? Jack looked at William and shook his head. I'll be fine. Just get me here. That was the last thing he heard from Sarah. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to the Darkest Page podcast. This has been the Redman Estate. This episode was made possible with the support from the librarians of the Darkest Page, Alex Smith and Tonks. To see how you can support the Darkest Page podcast, please visit patreon.com forward slash the darkest page. I have been your host, and I wish you pleasant dreams.